What's going on? This is Charming, and this is the first episode for 2020. So if you guys are listening to me, I'd really like to wish every one of you guys a happy new year. I hope 2020 will be a great year for all of y'all, and also hope you guys are able to get into all your goals and your aspirations for this year. All right, starting off this first episode of the year, um, I want to talk a little bit about the huge IPOs that we saw in the end of 2019. It goes to this old school dilemma that's also a philosophical dilemma that it's on the size of the companies, how much these companies are getting big, if this is a, a, a matter of concern for, for the economy, society, and competition overall. I know this can be a really nuanced topic and can be really generalistic too, because we can really enter in many discussion topics. But mostly what I want to think about in today's episode, at least, is in the capacity of this uh, generating more or less competition in markets. So uh, starting off with some stats, I think this is important. Uh, I don't want to get too much into the numbers because this is a podcast and sometimes it can get really monotonous or really abstract, but um, some numbers here, they cannot be ignored. So we saw on December 11, 2019, that Saudi Aramco, which is a you know, oil company, um, they're from uh, oil, natural gas, petrochemicals. Uh, they're also part of the Saudi government, so they have this uh, big um, incentive that comes from the country. And we saw that in the beginning of December, uh, they had a market cap of $1.88 trillion. So if we round this up, $1.9 trillion in their market cap, and they had um, pretty much the largest IPO to date that was in this date that was a uh, $25.6 billion. So when we see numbers coming up like this, it's, it's crazy. Like, let's get another example. 24th of December, Apple, good old Apple. I have an iPhone and I believe some of you guys might have it as well. Well, we saw also a $1 trillion market cap in August 2018. And uh, we also saw $1 trillion market cap in June 2019 from Microsoft. So um, this is from Microsoft was in June 2019. So we started seeing some really large numbers for companies and uh, I think the, the biggest point of concern is then when we start seeing these companies reaching the trillion mark, we cannot forget that some countries actually have GDPs that are really close to that. For example, Germany has a four, four trillion US dollars nominal GDP. And if we're going to count the PPP, like the purchasing power uh, GDP, we have for Germany 4.36 trillion. So we're talking about Germany, which is a really influential country economically. And let's get, for example, another one like 
uh, my own country, Brazil, we have a nominal GDP of 1.87 trillion US dollars and uh, PPP GDP for 3.37 trillion. So, I mean, some of these countries, they're getting really close to um, to the, the market, the, 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 at least the value of the market cap of, of some companies. So like it, it starts getting like how, how much money is going on in all these companies. Like, for example, we see for a country here, South Korea, which is uh, it's, uh, it's known for their big technology and their large economic evolution since, since the Korea War. Uh, nowadays, South Korea, it's valued as 1.62 trillion US dollars for their nominal GDP levels. And uh, in their PPP GDP levels, there are 2.14 trillion. So we just saw, for example, that uh, Saudi Aramco just raised a, a 1.88 trillion. So it's very close. And in some instances, it's really, it's even larger or getting larger if, uh, if we compare, for example, Spain's GDP under purchasing power, it was 1.86. So it's uh, already below Saudi Aramco. And uh, also their nominal GDP was 1.43 trillion just for Spain, which is already below, um, it's already below like a company like Saudi Aramco. And also like really next to Apple and Microsoft. Okay, there's some things that we need to consider when we do this comparison. It doesn't necessarily mean that these companies are richer than countries. This is just their market value. And uh, it's, it's really simplistic to say um, that these companies have more or less than, than the countries because the comparison is not the same. It might be in the numbers, but it's different because like a country has different kinds of powers than a company has. Like comp uh, countries have positions of power which they can take decisions for, um, for various kinds of issues like immigration, um, military intervention, uh, agreements of all kinds between nations and law and order. In a company, it's a company. It's a. It's pretty much as a. It's a. It's a. It's a organism that lives and dies. Uh, actually, lives only for um, profiting for their uh, trade of goods and services. So it's. It's really. We shouldn't make this so much extreme and narrow-minded sort of comparison. But my biggest concern when it comes to the value of these companies is the the problem that they may pose in creating competition in markets. And I'm saying like, for example, you get a company like um, Amazon, for example. Amazon, we all use it and um, I love Amazon like in all their services, for example, they have their delivery services and they have uh, Audible, which is awesome. And they have, for example, um, nowadays like Amazon Prime, which competes with like Netflix and other of these channels, HBO or whatever. But I mean, when you get a, a company like Amazon, that's uh, pretty much everyone's favorite when it comes to your delivery of uh, your goods. 
how do you get to compete with a company that's valued of $858.6 billion? Uh, let's suppose that you're, uh, you're starting with a company with similar services and you want to do something, for example, kind of local of like delivering goods and, or something similar to what Amazon does, but in a micro scale and starts going wild. But like, if you even have the idea of doing this in practice, you'd be already kind of limited because Amazon has a, a large power over the service. And if everybody it's, 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 and everybody else is already using. So how can you compete? How can you, how can you convince potential customers that your service is better or it can be better than Amazon? It's really hard. And even if it is in a hypothetical scenario, even if it happens to be, even if you happen to succeed and be able to compete with Amazon, it's very possible that Amazon will be aware of the threat that you may impose for their business and they will try to buy your company off, as we have seen countless times happening over and over. Uh, I think an interesting example that we get from this is from it's from social media. We see a uh, Facebook. Facebook it's pretty much the the biggest you know like I think it's the 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 richest social media company out there. And every time we see like uh, Facebook, they buy. They, they buy like potential apps for communication. For example, they bought WhatsApp a couple of years ago, they bought Instagram. So it's just a matter of time. We've seen like these companies acquiring their potential competitors. And this is the biggest point of concern that I have because um, we should be, should we be, should we be scared or should we be aware that these companies may be creating monopolies? I think, that's the, the biggest question that we should be asking ourselves right now when we look at these numbers. Are these companies becoming monopolies of their service? Uh, what are the, the potential threats that a, a, a lack of competition may impose for a company that it's, uh, that it's listed already in the trillion dollar mark? I think when it comes to oil, for example, Saudi Aramco, like, yeah, it's crazy. They reach 1.88 trillion dollars like wow it's a lot of money but i mean it's 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 oil it's a pretty traditional kind of market that goes and on on and on so i mean you cannot be too creative it's kind of like it's already like that you know i'm not saying that there shouldn't be some some measures of uh, of security that we should take around checking that out but I think it's more it's more important to to have like at least a immediatist view when it comes to a company like Apple, for example, that they manufacture um, you know technological goods. So will like maybe someday Apple hold a monopoly in cell phones or in um, technology services like I don't know Apple TV or something like that? Will that be a reality? Uh, Maybe yes, maybe no. At least when it comes for entertainment and TV, we can come up with like some some counter arguments to that. For example, we can say, oh no, like there's Netflix out there. More people watch Netflix or more people watch Amazon Prime or HBO. Like, let's compare the numbers. 
there's some competition out there. But when it comes to cell phones, for example, how, how is it possible to compete with Apple unless if you're Samsung? It's really hard if you're coming up with a, a new, new companies coming up. They have to have a really groundbreaking invention in the cell phone market to take off a company like Apple, for example. And the same from Microsoft, for example. There has kind of like a, this new software, which it has to be really like, you know, like the next biggest thing, the next biggest thing, because even if it is big and uh, better than Microsoft, the hardest part it's getting over their brand value, for example. We were talking about value of the brand because like economics is pretty much based on trust. So even even though like there's like, for example, study or like a, a, a reliable magazine article that says that this new software, it's, it's better functionally than Microsoft. How are you gonna com uh, convince users, people that have been using, for example, Microsoft for, um, decades to switch to this new who know what uh, operational system that doesn't have any kind of, uh, you know, like uh, feedback through the years. It's completely new, it's completely risky. You have to learn something new. So it's really hard. And it goes really much to this entire thing that like, it's not only this, the, the, the fact that these companies are getting too big is because also we as consumers, we tend to trust more on them. Like, like I said, Microsoft, for example, um, or Google, Google, like, um, Google has a second richest brand value after Apple. Um, now, at least from what I'm reading here from, from these rankings from Forbes, uh, 167, 0.7 billion on their brand value in 2019. And Google is a really obvious example when it comes to this. Uh, the real like the 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 question of trust and their brand. Like when you when you enter in your computer and you need to search something, you're gonna automatically jump into Google. You know, you're gonna you're gonna jump into Google automatically to search whatever you're trying to search. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not going to go to Bing or Yahoo. And even by accident, and it happens to me like all the time, by accident, for example, you just put something in your, in your, in your browser, you know, in your internet browser, it doesn't matter, like Google Chrome or Mozilla Firefox or whatever. You just put there by, you know, just to search because you're like in a hurry. And sometimes the operation system of your internet browser, it's not Google, it's something else like Yahoo search or um, Bing or whatever. And immediately like you enter this page that it's kind of like similar to Google's like, but it has some different results. And you're like, you don't get quite convinced, do you? Like every time this happens, at least with me, when I enter like in, in a Bing or something like that, I always I always get super skeptical, and I always like look at the 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 results, even though they're really similar to Google. And, and then I say, you know what? Um, I'm gonna open Google, and then I go to Google and I, <laughs> and then I search things in Google. So it's really hard to compete when it comes to this whole brand question and how 
how we we we're gonna you know like regulate this kind of stuff how are we gonna um, keep track of this this excellence to continue to go on because i think the the most interesting part of all of this is that a lot of people could say just based on economic theory like for example like oh yeah the, these companies are already monopolies and their kinds of services and it's pretty much obvious because they're this big they're the only kind of company that provides this service and um and their uh their products are are low quality and high and high priced yeah but that, that's not what it's really happening right here at least for a company like google for example because google provides their services for free there's a there's a there's a hidden cost there they, they can have your data and all that there's the moral cost as well because of this, uh, of them being able to track track you down and like with their whole bots and stuff, and that's kind of freaky, and it's kind of cyberpunkish if we think about like man, like Google, Facebook, all these companies, like they have all my data, and really if they want to screw me over, they could. Uh, but I mean, they're providing their services free and and, and all that, and 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 still like it, their services are free, and they're really good. For example, like when you enter in Google, you get a, a thousand different answers for a question in, in, a split of, in a split of a second. Or you can enter in Facebook and be able to communicate with your entire friends and like all your friends in the entire world. So um, it gets kind of like, it gets kind of tricky when we start analyzing this kind of stuff. Like, would you like, would you give up like, uh, for example, would you give up Google nowadays? Like, think carefully, would you? I'm pretty sure that nine out of 10 people would say no. Like, even if you say like, yeah, Google has all your data, Google has all, you know, like they're able to track you down and all that, you'd say, no, I need Google for everything. Like, sometimes I can't, I can barely leave my house and I need Google, for example, entering Google Maps or something like that. So <laughs> I think the question gets more into like, also in regulation, how do we regulate these companies? to act in a moral way, how, 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 how do we get these companies to, to um, don't undermine us, like don't screw us over this whole controlling system and uh, potential uh, matrix kind of thing with their whole bots keeping track of everything we do. That's pretty much, I think, what, what is the, 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 heart, the biggest dilemma that it comes when it when we, when we value companies like that, and when it comes to companies that uh, actually provide services that are paid, like we said for cell phones or Amazon, I think it comes more into the into the possibility of new companies coming up and uh, competing with them, because if we don't see like uh, these new companies coming out, for example, in the market of uh, cell phones or in the market of delivery services like Amazon. Um, Amazon pretty much take off a monopoly like this or Apple or Samsung or, you know, who knows? And, and then we can have a threat of a real monopoly on cell phones, for example, because if they take, take off all their competitors, we're still going to start seeing Apple iPhones getting their prices way more expensive and their quality is going to start to drop because they don't have enough competition to, to switch on them. So I think these points that we should start checking out with more care, you know, like, especially 
with this this whole entire thing of all these companies also comp buying uh, potential competitors and startups, I think we should, I mean, it's very easy for me to say we should do this or we should do that, but some kind of regulation or some kind of um, method of keeping track of how these companies are growing should be made. And there's some arguments that people say, for example, oh no, we should like tax them more. We should, you know, like um, create this progressive, like we should, the progressive tax system should be able to get revenue from them. But like, we have, for example, like Apple, like they're getting taxed, they move to another country. They move to, we saw when they moved to Ireland or they move to some kind of fiscal paradise place and they go there to like get tax breaks or something like that. So it's really hard because like this is the thing that we're saying like these companies got too big so like they can create I don't know like uh, factories or they can create their HQ in other countries with lesser fiscal uh, tension and they can just declare through there and then they declare in the United States or in their origin country like lesser and then we have all these you know, uh, tricky maneuvers that we see all the time happening, you know, these dilemmas. This should be really much, I think, uh, better looked at because we're getting a lot of money from these companies. And even like, even though like people say we should tax them more, man, yeah, for example, a company is that, that's $1.9 trillion, like uh, Saudi, Saudi Aramco, Dude, what is try? What is, what what is taxes for them? <laughs> That's so much money. Like even if you tax them, like this is already big. Like, I don't know. Like some kind of. I know it's very easy to say this in a podcast, and probably this would require like years of research and years of uh, formal study, study on this. But probably we should create some kind of system that would, um, I don't know. Um, limit the size of a company, how much a company can grow to also promote more competition. And even if you're the most libertarian guy out there, even if you're like, you have to understand that this is actually bad for capitalism. That's actually really bad for capitalism because in capitalist, in a capitalist society, you need competition, you know, you need to have this clash of, <laughs> of getting consumers saying, or else it's going to become crap, you know, like it's going to become all this like, Monopoly, monopolized market and we see how much quality of services and effectiveness are uh, screwed over this and yeah it's, it's 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 really hard when it comes to this also because it, it also enters in this entire dilemma this entire ideological dilemma that that are the conflicts between schools of thought and schools of politics and what should be done in society and what shouldn't be done. And we're going to see people that are pro the competition, people that are not pro competition and people that are against all of that, like all these evil companies and stuff, you know, and, and then it gets more complicated, but at least keeping the track or something that can limit the, 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 the you know, the growth size of these companies, or even if a system that can force them to uh, separate themselves in different subsidiaries or something like that, or in different, um, I don't know, in different markets, perhaps that would be a better choice. I don't know. 
it's very easy for me to just come out and say this, but at least from what I can say on the podcast, it seems kind of an interesting idea that I just came up with. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I just think that like the whole mission of the Econ Hangover podcast is to plant the seed and uh, to uh, get not only me, but also my listeners to think about stuff and come up with the, uh, you know, contemplations and uh, questions and um, maybe like us, like unite like i'm not saying like unite like <laughs> tangently but uh like i mean society unite and come up with uh more questions to, uh more answers to these questions and if we we put all, all our brains to work we can get a better system and we can get a better economic financial system that don't screw us over too much and this is what I said also, because like this, this whole talk goes through a lot of different topics. Like, for example, you can say how much these companies are becoming too big and they have lesser and lesser smaller companies that average people can enter. And we're seeing like, for example, like if you want to work in a company like this, like this big Either you enter as a manager, an executive, somebody that does some office job, and there's like this whole entire bureaucracy of getting into one of those companies, which is a pain in the ass. Or you enter as the low, lowest kind of worker there, like the guys in the assemble line of Amazon that they don't have breaks for going to the bathroom. So this is the ex most extreme part, like... Are also these companies taking jobs out of us? Like, who knows? Maybe we need to check that out. Or are these companies that it enters also in the philosophical and moral question of, of this entire thing? Are these companies, like the example we gave of data, like are these companies keeping track of us? Are they taking off our privacy? Are they making us slaves to the computer or something like that? So there's also that. And... It's, it's a really big topic. It goes through a lot of different fields of thought that we can, we can come up with ideas here. But um, I'm almost reaching the 30-minute mark. And, a minute, and the reason why I don't like to get too much out of this 30-minute mark thing is because the, the idea started, starts getting really saturated and, and repetitive. And at least I feel that if I keep talking about this, it's just going to become repetitive and inconsistent and irrelevant to a point. So I think at least through this part, uh, I don't know if I'm going to record a part two for this episode, but I think at least for, for this episode, I said all that I had to say. And um, I won't promise this right now, but if I have some free time, I'll do a little post in my blog with the numbers and stuff and some graphs so you guys can check it out. But, but I'll... If I do that, I'll announce in my Twitter and in my social medias, and you guys can have a better visual, a better uh, conceptual understanding of the numbers that I just said in the beginning of the episode. Okay, guys, so if you're liking the Econ Hangover podcast, please check us out on Spotify and hit the follow button. Follow us, give us some hope, give us some 2020 love so we can continue doing this, you know, like... And you can, you can also follow me on Twitter and my Instagram, um, which I'm going to post 
the links in the description below. I don't like to say the names in the episode because I feel that if I tell you guys like the name of my Twitter, that's not going to work out. So I'll put the link down. If you guys want to check it out, just, you know, click the link and follow me. That would be really awesome. And as I said, in 2020, I'm going to keep going with the Econ Hangover podcast. Hopefully I'll try to record uh, more episodes. Let's see how my master's will go. I'm actually in my, this is my last year of classes in my master's. So, uh, you know, you guys wish me luck. Soon I will become formally an economist. <laughs> but uh, I'll try to keep keep this going so we can like, you know, brainstorm all these ideas and keep, you know, coming up with economic discussions. All right, guys. So this is it. I wish you guys an awesome 2020. And I hope all your goals are fulfilled this year. And if they're not, I hope you guys learned a lot from this year as much as I do. And, you know, thanks so much for checking me out for this episode. So thanks a lot and see you guys later. Bye.